Good morning, and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on the first Friday of the month of June. This is the Sacred Heart Hour being brought to you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. Chuck and Joanne, as we enter into the month of June, the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart, that adds an added beauty and importance to this particular hour. Yes, it does. The Sacred Heart Hour dedicated to the total reign of our Lord Jesus Christ and His Sacred Heart, His Divine and Sacred Heart, is brought to you through the generosity of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And uh, as we, who are the co-hosts, if you will, we're all very willing to admit that it's also at the total hands of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and come Holy Spirit! <laughs> and what a great time to put it in the hands of the Holy Spirit with Pentecost coming. Absolutely. Falling within that great novena mm-hmm. of the Church between Ascension and Pentecost, it's so beautiful for us to join all of you today from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio to explore the depth of love that's found within the Sacred Heart of Jesus, not only on this first Friday, but also on the first Friday of the month of June, a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and then falling within this period of time where we join the apostles and we await the descent of the Holy Spirit to bring peace and love, insight and knowledge, consolation and joy to our minds and our hearts. We begin this Sacred Heart Hour by offering up the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, We offer you our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. We offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. We offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As that morning offering prayer so beautifully said, you know, we offer them up for the intentions of the Sacred Heart. And then there's a couple that are highlighted within that prayer, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. Right there, Mm. you could do a whole show on just those three. But we're not going to, because we have other things to talk about. (laughs) But we're going to cover those. We're definitely going to cover those. The salvation of souls, that's what we're all about here uh, at Sacred Heart Hour and St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. The salvation of souls, but also on this first Friday, the reparation of sin. You know, we uh, are all about the sacred heart of Jesus. And, you know, Chuck and Joanne, when we were talking just before we went live, uh, we were discussing how we still get questions all the time uh, from many different people of all walks of life uh, just about the basics, about the basics of our Lord, about the basics of Jesus as Lord and the basics of his heart. And, uh, you know, about well, okay, I, I can understand the significance of his sacred heart, but then why in my home? You know, and then now you're asking us not just to bring the heart of Jesus into my home, but now you want us to do this thing called an enthronement. And I think, I think that's, that that's the word that yeah. people struggle with, is. Father, is that word enthronement. And I'm not so sure that they really fully understand that. So maybe we just start right now, Father. Help them understand when we say that Jesus has brought to us a gift, and that gift is to bring his sacred heart, bring himself, bring his sacred heart into your home and to receive these graces for those that expose and honor. And he says, that's called an enthronement. Why enthronement? Right. And I think, you know, one of the things we can keep in mind is if I say to somebody, Mm -hmm. or if I say to you, uh, kingdom of God, 
you know, okay, we're like, well, okay, the kingdom of God, that's, that's a, a reign or that's an area, a group of people, it's a land that belongs to God. And, say, and then who's at the center of the kingdom? Well, that's obviously the king. Okay, so the kingdom of God is where God is king. And God sends his son to us, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity. And Jesus, as the fullness of God, uh, the fullness of man, he comes to us as king. And he comes to us to bring his kingdom to us so that we can also belong to his kingdom. And that's what happens when we enter into the Mass, when we receive Jesus in Holy Communion, when we have our sins forgiven in confession, when we bring our children to be baptized, and when we call the priest to anoint our loved one who might be suffering or preparing for a surgery or maybe even in their last moments. We're participating in the kingdom of God. But Jesus lets us know participation in the kingdom of God is not just something that takes place at Mass or is supposed to be something we check into and we're residents of when we're in need of a sacrament. But the kingdom of God is supposed to be a place, a reality within which we dwell at every moment of our lives. And so that kingdom of God where God is king, Jesus Christ is king, where his sacred heart is on the throne, he wants that kingdom in our homes. He wants our homes to be truly a place of the kingdom. And as we enter into scripture and we enter into the enthronement, we hear these different places that are of incredible importance and significance, places like Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jerusalem, Cana, and then there's this, uh, this other little place called Bethany. Mm. It's a part of the kingdom of God where Jesus is at rest. He's not forced to be on guard or be mm. at battle, but it's a place where he's at rest. And so we're supposed to have the fullness of the kingdom, not just through our attachment to the Lord Jesus and the sacraments, but we're supposed to have this association and this lived experience of the kingdom in our homes so that our home as the kingdom of God, as a place of the kingdom, is a Bethlehem where Jesus is born every moment. It is Nazareth, our house, our apartment, our condo, wherever we live. That's supposed to be a Nazareth where Jesus lives with Joseph and Mary, learning and teaching, eating and laughing, living life. Our house, the place where we dwell, is supposed to be Jerusalem, where the kingdom of God is exalted and made known and it's public. Uh, where sacrifices offered, prayers are lived, and the joy of the kingdom is felt. Our homes are also supposed to be Cana, where miracles take place, uh, especially if there's a party. <laughs> we want that miracle <laughs> to take place. And lastly, our home as a place of the kingdom is supposed to be Bethany, where Jesus is at rest because he's with us as friends, not as enemies, not as strangers, but he knows you as his friend. Uh, he is our king, he is our brother, he is our friend. And so when people say, and rightly so, what's this thing of an enthronement? It's like, well, the enthronement is a nice word. It's a beautiful word that says your home, where you live, for good or bad, for, for the beauty or for the ugliness, for the organization or the disorganization, all of that is the kingdom of God. And Jesus reigns there as king, brother, and friend. And how do you make someone the king of the kingdom. You enthrone him. You know, you allow his kingdom to take over your home. And by no means, the three of us can testify through personal witness, by no means does that mean everything becomes perfect as we think perfection is. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything disappears and dissipates that we don't like. No, what happens is the Lord appears. The Lord shows up. The Lord takes over as king, brother, and friend. And when we say, like, enthrone the sacred heart over your home, 
you're not making him king. He's already king. What you're doing is you're now saying, okay, Jesus, I want my house to be a part of your kingdom. And I want your kingdom present in my house. My family, we need you. We need you. And, uh, you know, think of like the the beautiful uh, screams of the people of Eastern Europe when they were under communism. And they would stand up and say, we want God. They were basically saying, we're not going to satisfy for anything of this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. They were enthroning Jesus in in that very statement. And so when people say, well, what's the word enthronement mean? We're saying, you're asking the Lord to take all of who you are, all of where you live, and make it a part of his kingdom to enthrone him as king. Wow. You know, Father, I'm I'm just I'm spent. I I'm totally it. spent. I okay. Believe it. That's the hour. We, we could just keep replaying that every month I wasn't even and now, it. you I'm know, every notes. week in June <laughs> because I think you have answered something, you've clarified something, but then you've expanded on it and you know, in his kingdom there is peace. Totally. And joy, and that is the first promise: mm-hmm. is peace in the home. And how do you do that? By you know, you've really helped to kind of connect those dots. And all you out there listening who have not enthroned your home, we really expect that you know the phones will be ringing and people will be signing up because who who does not need this and a renewal of it. So if you'd like to call in and if you'd like to have us call you back and schedule an enthronement, call now at 614-459-4820 and that's St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and you can actually call them anytime. Yeah, we have the staff this morning again, excuse me, helping and also go to our website enthronements.com and uh, currently... Um, we have, that's why we call missionaries, as Father said, you enthrone, we witness your enthronement. And that's what our mission is, is to promote the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus throughout the Diocese of Columbus. That's what Sacred Heart Columbus is about. That's why we have um, this month four shows. Every month it's been one show on the first Friday. <laughs> Let's just replay what Father said. It was so great. We should record every, all of our shows during the great week. novena, waiting for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> exactly. he, he apparently is working really hard over time. But give us a call, 614-459-4820. And, you know, you can sign up. We'll get back to you, answer any of the questions. But what we know today is every household needs to put Jesus as the king. Absolutely. At the center. At the center of their house. Yeah. And I I think, you know, you hit on something very beautiful, very powerful. But I also, unfortunately, think something very painful. And that is the, it can be intimidating. Even like Mm -hmm. a word, you Mm -hmm. know, enthronement. It's like, oh, I don't, I mean, what's that going to require of me? And that sounds so formal. And, you know, I have like stacks of magazines and newspapers all over my house, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's, it's very important. It's like, is the kingdom of God intimidating? If the kingdom of God is intimidating to our souls, then that means we probably we need to go to confession mm. because we're, we're afraid to admit we belong. And the reason why we're afraid to admit that we belong to the kingdom of God, that we were made, you know, and, and hear me now, you know, you were made by God for God. 
You are not made by God to dwell in the darkness or to dwell in the abyss or to wander around in a desert of loneliness. That's not what we were made for. We were made for the kingdom. And the enthronement of the sacred heart of Jesus in one's dwelling, uh, regardless of what it is and where it is, you know, that's acknowledging I was made for more. I was made for your kingdom, O God, and I was made for you to be my king. And I'm not going to allow myself to be a slave to addictions or to cruelty or to loneliness or to despair or the chaos of the world around us. I was made for you, O Lord, and I'm accepting you as my own. And it's like the conversation from the gospel today that we were talking about, uh, you know, where that, that beautiful but powerful and also painful conversation between Jesus and Simon Peter. You know, do you love me? Do you love me? And uh, it's not only just, you know, do you love? Yes. It's like, okay, if you do love me, then look outside of yourself. Look at the kingdom. Look at the sheep. Look at the lambs. And that is so, I mean, Jesus is saying that to each one of our hearts. Each, in, in the Mass, at that conversation, we're not only admiring the words that Jesus and Peter speak to one another, we're also called to hear how he says those same things to us. Do you love me? And on the first Friday, we're called to see the need for the salvation of souls uh, by first saying, my own soul needs to be saved, and I, I belong to the kingdom. I need to belong to the kingdom. Father, would you say that uh, reparation as our Lord was asking Peter those, you know, three times, do you love me? That that was kind of repairing when he denied our Absolutely. Lord? Absolutely. Totally. And what's powerful is look at how the Lord asks him to make an act of reparation. It's to feed others, mm. to feed the lambs, to to protect the lambs, to feed the sheep, to protect the sheep. Mm. Uh, and that's so powerful because, you know, if you're, if you're an individual who— is listening uh, and joining in with us today on the Sacred Heart Hour at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and you're thinking, I-, I know God loves me, but I just feel so distant or far from it. you know. And I know there is this love, but at the same time, I know I want to love him back. I just don't know how. This is how you love the Lord. You acknowledge you are made for more. You, re- you acknowledge you are made by God for God, and you acknowledge that he even wants to live with you in your home. You know, not as a stranger— and uh, not as just a visitor, but as king, brother, and friend. And the missionaries, when they come to your home, they bring everything you need. Absolutely. All you need to do is really open that door. And we and do that so to wash away that intimidation factor. Exactly. You know? yeah. And we're, you know, missionaries are not there for hospitality, for... It's not the parade of even, No, <laughs> so we just want a chair, usually a exactly. straight chair. <laughs> and um, we try to make it just as comfortable right. and easy as possible, but you do have to open that door. It's true, yeah. Well, and I think... We prefer that, that the police not always, be called on us. <laughs> yes. I think that's the big barrier that our listeners have sometime. Oh, yeah, sure. My home is not worthy. Yeah. Or I don't know these people. Or I don't yeah. know these people. Or I'm embarrassed by the way my home looks. Sure, yeah. But it has nothing to do with looks. No. It has nothing to do with how you're feeling. It has everything to do to answer what Jesus wants. And that is to have his heart exposed and honor. Yeah. And therefore to bring the family back to being the family God has created. Yeah. Don't let the world create your family. Let God create the family. He's created it. 
let God take ownership of it. Let him be the king. And I know as a man, it's hard for us to sometimes give up something. Give up and let go, yeah. But I got to tell you, that was a good give up when I said, Jesus, <laughs> you're in charge yeah. of all of this. <laughs> you're to blame. I, you're I'm to blame. not capable. <laughs> no, I think, and you're right, Chuck, and I remember a conversation I had with um, a beautiful soul who was really tormented over the state of the house. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I can do that. And I said, we can do, we can be flexible with this. I said, but please keep in mind, when the shepherds received the invitation to go in a door, mm. they weren't wearing, you know, fancy clothes. Mm. They hadn't just put on their perfume and cologne. You know, they didn't make sure their shoes were tied. These beautiful, beautiful shepherds were in the eyes of the world anything but beautiful. But they knew the Lord was present. They knew the king was present. And they knew that they had been invited to be with him. And so they went. And, you know, you can think of like... Uh, the individuals who have been caught in sin in the scriptures, you know, the woman caught in adultery, uh, she knew the Lord was right there. She knew the king was right there, and she didn't cower away. You know, there was a powerful moment of intimacy there. And, you know, the Lord is not coming to us because we're perfect. He's coming to us because he wants us to be holy. And, Father, we also hear, well, gee, not everybody's on board. Sure. I'm interested, but maybe my husband is not. Or he he'll go along with it, but he's not going to be you know <laughs> sure. too excited and or the right. children yeah and so um, but that also is not a reason no. to you know not go forward with yeah. the enthronement and we get the we get those uh, responses and inquiries a lot and I you know one of the things I was telling him is like well if now is not the proper moment to do the prayers and the exercise of the enthronement. Uh, now is the perfect moment to make the sacred heart of Jesus present in your home. So bring that image that speaks to you of the heart do of Jesus. Do what you can do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Take the steps you can take, and the Lord will meet you where you are. He will start pouring his graces upon your home. He will bring peace to your heart. You know, And every time you pray the Mass and the priest echoes the words of Jesus, you know, your peace, peace be with you. you know, uh, it's going to mean something different. So bring the heart into your home. And in this month of June— just as a friendly invitation, a, um, a priestly challenge, if you will. You know, if you don't already have the heart of Jesus in your home, please, for the sake of your peace and for the sake of just knowing that the Lord wants you, bring the heart of Jesus into your home. Well, and again, call in 614-459-4820, 614-459-4820, or go to our website, enthronements.com. And it's a great time, as Father said, the month of June. And as we enter into the month of June, Father, it is the Sacred Heart, but we also have a great feast day coming up to celebrate that on June the 28th at the Sacred Heart Church mm-hmm. downtown uh, with Bishop Brennan will be the Mass. And we're going to get into that in a moment. But I know there have been a lot of exciting events that have been happening <laughs> I tell you what, the church here in Columbus is very much alive. It is alive. It is so alive that if you live the life of the church, you're just like going from one moment to the next, one event to the next. And you're and having that's a awesome. wonderful time in the that's process. That's the best thing. Yeah, you have to laugh, you know? Yes. <laughs> you have to let that joy out. And I know, Father, we want to start oh. off, just recap a little bit about the procession on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima on May 13th. Right. We'll be uh, there next year. If you weren't there this year, we had to be away, but 
It's a very powerful, it's a very beautiful moment. Mark it now. Um, yeah, and actually, that is fair. You know, go mm-hmm. ahead and put it in the calendar. Uh, May 13th, it's the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady in Fatima to the three shepherd <laughs> children in Fatima, Portugal. And uh, it started a couple of years ago, actually, just as we were on the, the cusp of entering into 2017. Uh, in fall of 2016, we were hosting the Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, a beautiful, exquisite image of Our Lady. And she was going all over North America. And uh, the image of Our Lady was at Holy Family all day. And the very next day, she was supposed to be at St. Patrick's Church. So I called up Father Michael Mary Dosh, the pastor there, a good friend of mine. And I said, you know, why don't, instead of just wrapping her up and putting her on a bus and driving her up to why don't we just have a procession? And uh, that was in October of 2016. And it was a very beautiful, very powerful uh, opportunity for us to basically take Our Lady through the streets of Columbus, downtown Columbus. And then it grew. And then, of course, it was May 13th, that spring of 2017, the great anniversary, the 100th anniversary. And since then, we've done it. And it's just, it's grown. And the the beautiful thing is, it's always on, uh, thus far, May 13th. We always don't do it on the day of. Uh, and there's a power to that. You know, in our world of mm-hmm. convenience, where it's like, well, let's just bump it to the... No, Our Lady appeared on mm-hmm. May 13th, regardless of what day of the week it was. So we, we adhere to that. And uh, this year, there's some varying numbers. We were so blessed to have uh, several of the uh, members of the Columbus Police Force to be there to guide and escort the procession. And so, I mean, the numbers were hovering around 1,000 to 1,200 people uh, processed while praying oh, the rosary. awesome. And we were joined by Bishop Brennan, which was a beautiful oh. gift. And uh, to see the priests and seminarians and the sisters and the bishop and Our Lady, uh, and to see the young people, so many children and young people coming out, uh, the compliments and comments afterwards were absolutely overwhelming, primarily from people who were all commenting on the presence of young people, praying the rosary, carrying the candles, holding the flowers. And Father, the first communicants were yes. invited to wear their dresses. My granddaughter, Mary, was one of them. Yep. And be right behind the bishop. And that was such a thrill. And what an opportunity in our diocese yeah. for our yeah. first communicants yeah. to also be a part of that next year and hopefully every year. And we bring the statue of Our Lady of Fatima (laughs) to the enthronement. And that's actually part of the, I mean, everything kind of dovetails, you know. Here we are promoting the sacred heart of Jesus and asking people to bring the sacred heart into their homes and to make him, to acknowledge him, to bring him as king, brother, and friend. But when Our Lady appeared in Fatima, she implored her children, we, her children, return to my son, return to my son now. And to see... Uh, that many people, basically, we left one tabernacle to journey to another. Mm. We left one church to journey to another. And we were journeying towards the city of God because Jesus was exposed in the Eucharist in St. Patrick's Church. For those who couldn't walk, Mm. they could go straight to St. Patrick's and pray. So we were literally journeying from one tabernacle to another, from the city of God to the city of God. But we had to pass through downtown Columbus, which is the city of man. Ah. And Beautiful. we were the children of Mary. Our, our mother led us through the city of man to the city of God. And as Our Lady led the procession carried by you know the acolytes and the altar boys from St. Patrick's and Holy Family, the statue arrived at the church, but then all of the people, her children, entered the church first. And they mm-hmm. walked in, and there was our Lord enthroned on the altar in the Eucharist being adored. 
And then once everyone who could fit got into the church, because not everyone could fit, um, then Our Lady came in, and it was it was like witnessing a happy reunion between a mother yeah. and a son. She had brought all the children into oh. the church. Our Lord was adored on the altar. The bishop was there, the Dominican friars, visiting priests and clergy, seminarians, and then all of the lay faithful were represented. I mean, from the youngest to the oldest. And it was very moving, incredibly moving. And uh, to see that the faith here in this diocese in central Ohio is very alive. It's vibrant. Very vibrant. And, you know, Father, when you commented earlier to us that Mary leads the procession. Yes. The bishop doesn't lead the procession. Right. And it's so beautiful because he was Bishop Brennan. uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. (laughs) He was... (laughs) He's such a beautiful, humble soul. He walked right behind Our Lady, prayed the rosary, and uh, it was very edifying, especially to a lot of the priests, um, mm-hmm. to say, okay, our shepherd is here with us, and we understand in order for us to be faithful shepherds of Jesus, we must be sons of Mary. And uh, I mean, I my prayer is that he was enthused by the crowd. Um, I mean, he's, he's def- he loves people. And he loves to greet them and welcome them, welcome them as a father. So there were a lot of people for him to greet and welcome there. It was really powerful. And it was he's really still beautiful. doing it. <laughs> I know. God bless God him. God bless him. And we're excited. When we go to a home, ah. we bring the 30-inch stat- yeah. statue of Our Lady of Fatima. Absolutely. To help your family lead the way yeah. for their enthronement a week later. Right. But Mary leads the way. Yeah. She is the doorway through which Jesus enters into our presence, and she is the doorway through which we must pass so as to enter into his presence. Well, I know also you mentioned Father Brennan, and uh, we had Bishop the— Brennan. Uh, What's that? Bishop Brennan. Bishop Brennan. Excuse me. <laughs> he was a father at one time. Yes, he was. He was. Yes, Bishop he wouldn't Brennan. mind that. And I know that we were with him this— week with some other people and he's talking about he's already been to 40 parishes my heavens i know oh. isn't this something what he's doing he's been to all the, the the catholic social agencies locations he's really getting to meet the people but he's also going to be at our mass the mass being hosted by sacred heart church that we're promoting absolutely june 28th starting at 6 p.m mm-hmm. and what a great time for all families that have had their Home and throne. Absolutely. It's a great time to renew that enthronement and to be able to come present with our Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah. And I think we've got a lot going on. You know, we're on the first Friday of the month, which is a day dedicated to the Sacred Heart, making an act of reparation to the Sacred Heart every month. The first Friday is there. But it's the first Friday of the month of June, a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. But then within this month always falls the feast day of the Sacred Heart. And the feast day, as Chuck mentioned, is going to be celebrated at uh, Sacred Heart Church in uh, just just north of downtown Columbus in uh, Italian Village on Hamlet Street. A beautiful church, magnificent, so wonderful. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to join with the bishop in a church dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and uh, to join with the parishioners there, beautiful people as they are, to celebrate this great gift that God the Father has given to us in Jesus Christ, his Son, and in his heart, um, it, it without a doubt will be a beautiful experience of and prayer. And easy to remember what church, Sacred Heart. It's <laughs> so true. Oh. Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart. It's a feast of Sacred Heart and the month of the Sacred Heart at the Church of the Sacred Heart. And uh, 
And like you said, Chuck, the Mass is at 6 p.m., you said? Yes. And uh, Bishop yes. Brennan is the celebrant. And uh, what a beautiful event. Oh, that's going to be. be so well, joyful. Well, I think also to support those that have kept that parish going. Absolutely. Also. Yeah. Completely. Huh. You know, and I think with um, so much going on, we are given the beautiful opportunity to just kind of restart, recenter, refocus, and start to live again, you know? So as we bring to a close this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, we have covered a lot of territory. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, it's half of our agenda. We're <laughs> running behind, but there's good news. We didn't get there at the, all. There's good stay news tuned. for the second session. A Hold lot more to come. Tuned. A lot more to come. As we uh, send off for this first break, uh, I invite you to pray, uh, join with us in praying to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you these poor hearts of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings on all that we do. In the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Some claim that since Jesus never talked about homosexual activity, he must have been okay with it. Well, he never mentioned poking your neighbor in the eye. That doesn't mean he was okay with it. Jesus overturned ritual laws of the Old Testament, but when it came to moral laws, he actually raised the bar. So it's safe to say he wouldn't condone homosexual activity. So where does that leave the 1.6% of people who identify as having same-sex attraction? Are they called to a loveless life where they have to hate themselves? You know, if that were true, I couldn't blame people for thinking we're bigots. But the truth is, a person's attractions don't define who they are. And physical intimacy is not the only way to experience love. And thanks to Catholic groups like Courage, check out CourageRC.org, more and more people with same-sex attraction are finding their real identity and the love they were made for in the church. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. After a series of personal tragedies, I really felt a need to come home to a church, and that's when I came back to the Catholic Church. I never realized before that we get, at every Mass, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Gospel. I never realized before, it's all biblically based. The Catholic Church is based on the Bible. This is the church that Christ started, and we practice all the sacraments as he gave them to us, and I think that's important. I um, love getting up and going to church. I love going to Mass. I feel like I get to go to Mass, not like I have to go to Mass. The joy, I have joy in my spirit. I have a lightness in my spirit that I haven't had before. I love the Catholic Church with all my heart, and I can't imagine my life without it. My life is totally different now. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And as we return to the Sacred Heart Hour and enter into our second segment, we invite you to join us in the Daily Covenant Renewal Prayer. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. 
May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during the night that follows and help us to live that we might get to heaven and reign with you forever. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, every month we try to highlight the intention given to us by our Holy Father, Pope Francis, so that we may unite our prayers to his. So for the month of June, Pope Francis has asked us to pray for a particular intention. Would you mind highlighting that for our faithful listeners? Sure, Father. And it's particularly for our priests, that through the modesty and humility of their lives, that they commit themselves to the solidarity of those who are most poor. I think, Father, as we hear that, we go back to Luke, Luke 6, and really looking at the king in the home. Yeah, and who are the poor, and how does and, the king know us yes. as the poor, you know? Um, and when we go into uh, just considering the Holy Father's intention for the month of June, a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, now he's asking us to pray for priests, that the priest will have that attentiveness to the poor. He's asking that we have priests who are priests of the Heart of Jesus, that they are priests of the king who see the poor. And a lot of times we, we get this question, well, well, who are the poor? You know, And in truth, if uh, we ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us in all truth and clarity, we find that in each of our hearts, there is poverty. There is a poverty in each one of our hearts. You know, And in uh, Luke chapter 6, the Lord Jesus himself said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Now, in order to understand that, what what Jesus just said, we have to understand what comes next. And in Luke's Gospel, in the Beatitude narrative in Luke's Gospel, he has what's called the, the blessings and then the woes. Now, personally, I hope Jesus only gives me blessing. I don't want to ever get a woe. <laughs> but he just, then Jesus says, But woe to you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you that are full now, for you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Now, what's important and what's powerful is the Lord Jesus Christ in this particular section of Luke, and that's chapter 6, verse 20 to 26, Jesus is telling us if we're settling for what we can get now and we're not hungering for the more of heaven, if we're not hungering for God, if we're not poor, you know, if we think we're satisfied, if we think we're set, if we think we're wealthy, if we think we're at the top of the mountain, then the Lord is telling us, woe to you. But if in your state in life right now, you admit the hunger of your heart, you admit the hunger of your heart that you were made for Jesus and you want Jesus and you want more of him, then there's a poverty there. And Jesus is the wealth that will satisfy that poverty. And so when we enter into the Holy Father's intention, I think we would do well to understand that for the poor 
It's the individual who, in their heart, they know they need more. They need more of Jesus. And it can also be those who are materially poor and have been deprived of, as a result of an unjust system. But I think it's also always important for us to not overly politicize the intentions of Jesus and of the church, but also of the Holy Father. And when our Holy Father's asking us for to pray for priests, that they will have this attentiveness to the poor, it's so that the priest can see that in the hearts of the faithful, there's a poverty there. There's a crying out for more of Jesus. You know, the faithful, the people of God, they don't need stash daily. They need Father stash daily. The, the, the man who is a priest, the priest who brings them Jesus, Jesus who satisfies their yearning, their hungering, their sadness, their, their cry for help. And uh, just receiving the intention as we have from the Holy Father and hearing the words of our beautiful Savior Jesus, especially as he's recorded in Luke chapter 6, there's that encouragement. So, you know, if you're joining us in this hour, it's like enter into your heart and admit what you need more of. And Father, you know, what jumps out to me as well, that is so beautiful, that explanation you just shared, but the unborn child, the nakedness, the dependency, the vulnerability, absolutely, and especially in our day, in our land, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a darkness. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always have been encouraging and I will continue for everyone to see that movie, Abby Johnson's story, the movie Unplanned, because it's so beautifully done. Very eye-opening. Eye-opening and truthful and uh, and well done. Yeah. Uh, You know, in that, yes, we need to see Mm -hmm. the poor around us, even in our own hearts before we can actually um, try to administer, minister yeah. to it. Well, and I think that goes back to the enthronement of the sacred heart. Yes, yes. it does. Where do Thank you start? You, Jack. Where do you start? You start by enthroning Jesus in your home. Yeah. Right, because when but, you bring yeah. him in as king, brother, and friend, you start to see people as he sees them. And I know Joanne will say, my heart has been really transplanted sure. with our Christ's heart. Our hearts become more loving. Tenderized. Yeah, tenderized. Mm-hmm. The movie becomes more meaningful to us, the unplanned sure. movie. Everything we see is different. Mm. And, you know, I was thinking of the priest, and maybe it's a great time to just share about some excitement that just happened. Yes. In yes, our diocese, yeah. the four ordinations. Yeah. And um, I know, Joanne, you've looked at each of the four, and maybe just share your thoughts and father share your thoughts on what a special time this was for the diocese and for these four young men to serve the sheep. Well, first of all, I just want to compliment the Catholic Times. And it's always been very interesting to read, but it seems like it's even getting more interesting and in that they're kind of going into more maybe depth of the person and, it's true. you know, yeah. of, of uh, what the subject is. But as a mother and parents, Chuck and I, of a priest, we've even been asked to give talks about a priestly vocation in the home and a son who might be called to priesthood. So I was very interested reading the background and the stories of our four now new priests. And there's some commonness there that I think we can all, you know, kind of 
think about, maybe even be challenged by, because when we enthrone our home to the sacred heart, it's really the beginning. It's not like, as they say, one and done. (laughs) It's really, you know, that uh, exposing and honoring. And a part of that is if you're called to marriage and family life is really trying to truly help to pass on that faith to your children. And, you know, we can't always do that alone. And part of that is helping to expose them or feel, you know, positive about some of the other opportunities for faith. And I noticed with our seminarians that many of them really had that opportunity. And like Father PJ, even with Catholic Radio, and, you know, he started listening to Catholic Radio. And we can encourage that in our home right now as you're driving those carpools. You know, turn on Catholic Radio and let the children start hearing it. And for your, your own self, not just for your children, but also, you know, uh, Father Yokel, is it Father Yokel? Oh, Father, Father? Chris Yokel, I'm yes. trying yeah. to pr- pronounce them <laughs> yeah. properly, but serving on NET, the NET ministries, in yep. that encouraging those kinds of things, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, Damascus, wonderful opportunity, yeah. but you know, some of these things really need parents or uh, a guardian or someone to be encouraging and even to financially help. So I, and and then I was really encouraged by something that we have always said and continue to say is that our job is not to tell others what God is calling them to, but it's to help them to develop a prayer life so they can hear what God is saying. And part of that is tuning out some of the noise in your family, absolutely. your television or your, you know, all the technology is that helping to create that space and that they can hear because as we have always said, we don't want the credit. Oh, isn't that wonderful? You have a (laughs) holy, wonderful present and we don't want the blame. (laughs) Same for marriage. Oh, Mary, that wonderful young man, and then they're miserable. It's like, no, no. We just want to be the bridge to help uh, our children listen and first ourselves to listen. And the enthronement is a wonderful, wonderful step to be able to do that. And I can see the fruit in our seminarians of just uh, some of these simple things along the way. And Father, maybe comment on what a time it is they're newly ordained right? and how important it is for we, the parishioners, we the, to really support them. Oh, good. Oh, my. I mean, the thing is, these men uh, have gone through years of formation to be priests, and they... Uh, in total humility, the humility of humanity, they laid mm-hmm. prostrate on the floor of the cathedral as the whole uh, diocese really was praying the litany of the saints. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, there's an incredible statement there. They lay down in the humility of their humanity while the rest of humanity is praying the saints to uh, intercede on mm-hmm. their behalf so that as each of those four men stand up, and progress on towards ordination, they have the assistance and the aid of all of the saints in heaven. And we ask the saints because in every in, in a very real way, 
what those four men are not only asking for, but also what they're availing themselves to is impossible, to become Jesus and to allow Jesus to work totally through them, just as the Christian ideal of holy matrimony is, in the eyes of the world, impossible. But with God's grace, it is possible, and with the assistance and the prayers of the saints, it is not only possible, but it then becomes doable as well. So when these young men, uh, all of whom are beautiful and all of whom are now priests of Jesus, they're entering into their parish assignments, for those of you who are uh, blessed to receive these young priests, pray for them. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Pray that they are truly open to the Holy Spirit and that their words are shaped and molded by the promptings of the Holy Spirit in their homilies, in their counsel that they give in confession, that their joy and enthusiasm is always sustained as they're helping couples prepare for marriage, as they're teaching religion in the grade schools. You know, Father, also, I think it's natural for a lot of the parishioners because they don't fully understand why do we call father sure you know the yeah. easiest thing for us was that's our son jonathan well, yeah. how's jonathan doing no how is father wilson doing right right because there's that change that happens at ordination yeah that they no longer are the the person their their yeah. original name they're no longer just a son a brother mm-hmm. and a friend right. now they are priests now they are priests mm-hmm. yeah. and they are father yeah and that, that priest is an altar Christus. It's, he's another Christ. And we know from Scripture that wherever you see the Christ, Jesus, you see the Father. And so there's an, a reflection of God in the priest. And that's why we have to pray that our priests are pure, holy men of Jesus. They are men of the heart of Jesus, men who are sons of Mary. But there's also a paternity in the priesthood. There's a fatherhood to the priesthood. And that fatherhood is so incredibly powerful and beautiful because that priest as father is the one who basically helps a life be born from this state of life into heaven at the deathbed. He's the one who helps a life be born ever anew in baptism and and not only become a part of creation, but a son or daughter of God the Father. So we call the priest father for a variety of uh, reasons, and they're all rich. But first and foremost, it's because the priest is another Christ. And wherever we see Jesus Christ, we see the Father. And that's understood by many of our Protestant brothers and sisters. So it's really um, yeah. good to explain that, Father. Sure, sure. And, and, it, and you know, the other thing is that it helps us have a little bit of uh, um, uh, not only a respect, but it helps us to appreciate the presence of Jesus in our mm-hmm. presence. And, and today we're, we, we're also starving for community and fraternity and healthy friendships, I think it's important to keep in mind that mm-hmm. just that that little word, you know, those two little letters, mm-hmm. F-R, helps us to remember Jesus is dwelling among us, and he's dwelling among us in the man whose whole life was called into existence mm-hmm. to make Jesus Christ present in the sacraments for us. And then mm-hmm. maybe, Father, um, why black? Why do the priests wear black? Ooh, sure. That's a good question. <laughs> a good question. We're putting father. <laughs> I like it because I look thinner. <laughs> well, I've been trying that for 11 years and I have yet to really find the benefit in that. <laughs> so, so, I, I'm, I'm finding that thin is based on how many loops I've got in the belt. So. But, you know, it's a good question. The, and not all priests wear black. Uh, diocesan priests do, the parish priests do, and a lot of religious orders do, but not all of them. But the parish priest wears black as a sign of our penance. 
and as our as a sign of our death to the world. You know, yeah. I remember teaching some of the seminarians who were uh, coming down for a practicum. They were coming over from Franciscan University, and they're like, you know, Father, why do you wear black? You know, why why do we have to wear black? And it's like, well, one of the things is like when I'm hearing confessions, and there's a penitent who comes in, or three penitents, or ten penitents, and I realize the gravity of the sin, but I also realize the fragile nature of their soul. I realize that person is not strong enough to do the full penance for their sins. Mm. So I will give them a part of the penance and I will do the rest. And of course, they all sat back and when their eyes popped up, they're like, mm. well, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. It's like, but that's what a father does, right? Mm. A father challenges the child to do what he or she can, but then the father will do the rest. And our lives are lives mm. of penance, not just because of our own sins, not just because of our own humanity, but we pick up the slack for the rest of our brothers and sisters, our spiritual children, who are not strong enough to carry that. Mm. It is a life of penance, but it's a life of penance rooted in the joy of Jesus because we're saving souls. you know. And without mm. that joy, without that conviction, we end up in a very, very dark doom and gloom mm. kind of picture. But with confidence in God's mm. mercy and his joy, I mean, there's actually great mm. uh, liberation in knowing I'm helping Jesus save souls here. Mm. And there's also the reality of, uh, you know, it's a death to the world. And, you know, and, you know, for another reason, it is a very effective sign and witness. You know, when I walk into Kohl's, I can promise you, everyone stops. <laughs> They're like, well, we know he's not here for clothing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but what is he here for? It's like, well, I heard the dishes are on sale. <laughs> but it, there's a witness value to it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I remember one young guy, he was a deacon, now he's a priest of Fort Wayne, South Bend, and he said, the clerical attire, the Roman collar, has to be one of the best witness values that any mm-hmm. group, entity, company, corporation, or movement has ever had. You see the Roman collar, you automatically know what that means, you know? And there's a sign there. We represent another way of life, and we represent the heaven that we're all supposed to be aiming for. Wow. Praise the Lord. Oh, beautiful. Well, I know we have about 10 minutes left, Father, and as we look at the month of June... Um, let's talk about yeah. let's talk about Pentecost. Let's talk about the Most Holy Trinity Sunday. Let's, let's go talk through about the whole catechism. The, the body and blood of Jesus, then the Sacred Heart in five minutes. In five minutes, <laughs> and maybe there's a Franciscan in there. Oh home. my gosh! There's always a Franciscan in every story, whether they're known or unknown. They're always there. So, well, we enter in, right now. We're in the middle of what's called the Great Novena, and there's an incredible degree of knowledge there for us. You know, a lot of times we Catholics pray novenas, and people are like, "Well, where does that come from?" The practice of praying nine days of prayer, a novena, that comes from right now, the period of time between hmm. Ascension and Pentecost. Remember, the Church originally celebrates Ascension on Thursday, so from Ascension Thursday to Pentecost Sunday, there's nine full days smushed in there, and there's nine full days of intense, fervent prayer on the part of the apostles at the feet of whom? Our Lady. They joined with her. They wanted to see how she prayed. They were waiting for the one whom Jesus would send since he ascended to the Father. That happens on the already existing Jewish feast day of Pentecost, the celebration of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit descended. Pentecost for us is a powerful moment for us to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate that this Sunday. On the 16th, we celebrate the great solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Now, Chuck, as I see the rundown, I see that you left out one of humanity's best friends, and that's Anthony of Padua. <laughs> now, if you've ever lost anything, that, that your was day a to mistake. say thank you. Dear Saint Anthony, that was an can't be found. <laughs> well, he's been found. Yeah. And uh, you know, his feast day is on June 13th. 
And I'm going to throw a personal plug out there. I am totally devoted to St. Anthony of Padua, and I owe him much. I went to St. Anthony grade school on the north side of Columbus. And uh, we have a special mass at 7 p.m. on the feast day of St. Anthony to just give thanks and praise for our brother in Christ that the Lord has given to us. And keep in mind, St. Anthony was a miracle worker in his day, and he did a lot more than just find things for people. <laughs> his He's miracles still finding are powerful. things for me. He's so busy. I don't know how he gets it done. I told him, I said, I need a few more hours. Go find those for me, dude. Um, <laughs> the Most Holy Trinity, a powerful Sunday celebration for us to give thanks and praise for the opportunity to know the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a communion, the Most Holy Trinity, and that we have been called to live in the communion of the Trinity. And then another special day, which is totally life-giving and so beautiful. It's the Feast of Corpus Christi, or Corpus Domini. In English, we call it the Most Holy Body and Blood of Jesus. Such a powerful solemnity to celebrate the gift of Jesus he gives to us in the Eucharist. Keep in mind, we Catholics tend to be too afraid, too shy, too quiet when it comes to Jesus' presence in the Eucharist. We Mm. need him in the Eucharist. You know, just as we need his heart in our homes, we need his Eucharist in our souls. We need the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. And Corpus Christi Sunday is a day where a lot of processions will take place. You know, the priest will carry our Lord in the monstrance. And uh, a beautiful opportunity. And then the month but is brought to a close. But we also need priests. No priest. No Eucharist. Yeah. No Eucharist. Absolutely. Right. And no Eucharist, no church. The church mm-hmm. is sustained on the Eucharist, and the Eucharist is made present by the priest. Absolutely. Yeah. So we might, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for us to pray that all of our priests That's will be men thinking. of the Eucharist, men of the Eucharist. And with the Eucharist, the church will be very strong, you know, and it's a powerful opportunity to consider taking an hour of adoration in any one of the many adoration chapels in Columbus. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have any chapels. I and remember. now we have all of these chapels of adoration. We are so blessed. But keep in mind. The Lord is giving us these blessings of adoration chapels so that we can survive hmm. and thrive and live and just have joy in our hearts. And then, of course, the month is brought to a close with the great feast of the most sacred heart of Jesus on that Friday, the 28th. And then the very next day, we celebrate the feast of Saints Peter and Paul, the great apostles. So there's really no excuse for any of us to say that we're bored in June. Oh. <laughs> there's so much to do. And we will be back next Friday. Next Friday. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> and the creek does not rise. <laughs> yes. Every Friday in the month of June, we will be joining you with a, a special version of the Sacred Heart Hour. And for those that are listening, you know, we continue to invite you to be open for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home. And not only does that affect you, it affects your children. It is a family grace. It's a family gift. And, you know, um, we've, we know about the story with Mark Zimmer, father, because sure, that yeah. was published in the Catholic Times, a wonderful young man who's dealing with ALS. And when I offered him the invitation, father, uh, would he be willing to have Jesus enthroned in their home? Immediately he said, yes. Mm. And I asked Mark later on, why'd you say yes? What was that yes about? He said, why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Why not take the graces that our Lord is offering? Making available. And don't yeah. get hung up on uh, anything else that might be going on in your life. Just say, you know, we're going to make this a priority in the month of June. And Absolutely. Father, you have shared that once 
your home is enthroned, it's not that, you know, all the problems will go away, but that you have new tools. Absolutely. To actually work with them in in new graces. Yeah. The Lord is your ally. So call in 614-459-4820, even after our program, and register or go on enthronements.com. But don't hesitate. This is a great time. Families need Jesus more than ever. And that's why St. Gabriel Radio uh, AM 820 has opened up the airways every first Friday because they know that this is one of the greatest gifts that we can give. They can give and we can give to the families. Absolutely. And on this first Friday, just to double back and you know, circle back, you know, on this first Friday, it's a beautiful opportunity to attend Holy Mass, to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, and to offer those graces of that Holy Communion up in a spirit of reparation for the sins that our brothers and sisters, and maybe we ourselves even at times, have committed mm-hmm. against the Lord, and uh, to make a good confession. Uh, you know, a lot of churches will have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament today because it's First Friday, and to make use of any one or multiple of those opportunities to just give yourself a break, to spend some time with the Lord as King, brother, and friend, and to rejoice in His presence, uh, you know, to attend Holy Mass and to really accept the opportunity to be loved. And we also have a gift today, Father, and that is you again on the not on the airways, but at the Catholic Men's Luncheon Club. Oh, yes. yes. Speaking of... Women are not included in that. So I... Well... I'm a visitor. We're we're included. (laughs) But they do record it. They do record Oh, they do? Yeah. And it's going to be on the Sacred Heart. And for those men down there, we're also going to have a table for an opportunity. Oh, Oh, that's right. Because I'm speaking on how to maintain faith in a faithless world. In a faithless world. I'm glad I just got that reminder. Yeah. So, you know, Father is going to be busy all day, and then tonight, I'm sure you have the Mass. We have Mass at 7 p.m., followed by you Honor Adoration. You have a busy day, Father. And oh, another no. busy day. <laughs> so. so, it's going to be um, another World Series for the Sacred Heart today. A tri- Father, it's known as a trifecto. <laughs> Meanwhile, keep Father in your prayer because he is our spiritual Mm. director. And as you know, there are so many other apostolates he's involved in, mainly his priesthood, of course, ministry. But uh, pray for our priests and especially pray for Father Stosh Daly. I will definitely take those prayers, (laughs) you know. And just uh, uh, if you are listening, if you just joined in, if you're going to be listening later on, you please know that... The whole reason why we are here is to share God's love with you and to let you know that you are loved and you are prayed for and that the kingdom of God is not supposed to be something far away, but something very present, very near, and even in your own home. As we bring to a close this uh, hour of the Sacred Heart on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, let us commend ourselves to the power of Jesus. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May thy spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 
WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.